The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In the past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Hello and welcome to The Career Confidant. This is your host, Marie Zimanoff. And today we are going to be sharing more information with you to help you take control of your own career. So that's why we're here for this show, to give you the tools and resources that you need to take control of your own career. And I was doing a webinar with a colleague this week, and she was talking about her take on this premise and why I do the show is, of course, because how we manage our careers is changing. It's no longer kind of a train that you get on and it just moves along for you. And it's not even really a ladder anymore that you can climb with a specific top and bottom and and direction of where to go. I consider it more to be like you're on your own ATV vehicle where you're in charge of the direction, you have to have a map, some kind of directions in terms of where you're going. You need your own tools and toolkit to fix your vehicle when it breaks down. You need your own gasoline to make that run. And that's part of what we try to give you here on the show every week. And her take on it was that we are all being forced to be adults in the workplace and really take care of ourselves take care of our own careers in a way that perhaps we weren't used to to in the past and I was going through this process with her and talking about it and it's always interesting to think about the idea started to be talked about in the late 90s so you had the free agent nation by Daniel Pink and you had the brand called you fast company article in the mid to late nineties. And yet it's just now perhaps in the last five years that this has really started to be the truth where you have more people doing a a myriad of different things, but in general, not working full-time. In fact, I found some Bureau of Labor Labor data from 2016 that showed non-full-time jobs were growing 27% faster than full-time jobs. And with the, the boom of Uber and all of its competitors, Lyft, what have you, and more at-home types of jobs that may not may not be full-time. Some of them are. I would guess that in 2017, that's continued, if not 
been even expanded, that the jobs that are not full-time are growing so much more than the jobs that are full-time. And a few weeks ago, of course, we talked about all the different ways that people can and are starting their own businesses from buying franchises and and doing different things like that to the growth of network marketing companies like Send Out Cards and Rodan and Fields. Those types of companies are are booming as well because people, even if they are working full-time, have the need to add something to their pie because it's not enough to get ahead and this has been written about a lot too that the kind of middle class work the nine to five job and think you're going to get ahead is one of the biggest myths of of our time that it doesn't work that way anymore and that jobs that allow that even really security aren't coming back and there's no policies or or waving of magic wands is going to make that happen you know even here in the u.s if you bring back manufacturing jobs it's not going to solve that problem because those jobs aren't what they used to be they don't pay what they used to offer they don't have the 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 the, the benefits that they used to offer <laughs> couldn't find the right word there and so when you look at that it just changes how we work one of the other changes that has happened in probably the last 10 years is really the growth of the hidden job market and we talk about that term here quite a bit on the show i know that we had deborah feldman on the show a couple of weeks ago talking about you know, updating your social media and how we're so much more likely to be found on social media first when we're thinking about job search and how we can use that social media in our job search and for our career was part of our conversation last week as well. But we didn't really talk about what the heck is this hidden job market and what does that mean? Because it isn't that people are out there hiding jobs, right? It's, it's, it's not a purposeful hidden market in, in many ways. And so what does this hidden job market mean and how can you access it in addition to the information that Deborah gave us a few weeks ago, which if you didn't listen to that one, I'd encourage you to go back and do so. But how does this actually work? So let's tell the story of how most businesses hire. How do most businesses find and hire talent? And this is a great exercise that I do with clients. It's fun to do it in a classroom setting or group setting to really think about how people hire. And if you've been in a hiring position or been with a company in, involved in the hiring process, this isn't going to come as too much of a surprise. But when we're on the other side of the fence, we often don't think about this. So what happens when a company needs to hire someone? Typically, there is a lot of angst around this. And it can happen in a lot of different ways. But let's imagine that I'm a boss, you're a boss, 
and you know that your number one employee is leaving. They've given you two weeks to a month notice. What do you do? Well, most hiring managers will reach out to their existing team and ask them if there's anyone that they would refer into the position. Why do they do that? Because there's a lot of psychological beliefs, true or false, that we think if someone that we already know and trust refers someone else, it takes away some of the risk of that hire. And so that's typically the first thing that a hiring manager will do, especially in a small to mid-sized business. They aren't going to go to HR, even if they have a formal HR process, because what happens once they do that? It becomes this huge thing, right? And they don't want that. So they're going to try to figure out the best way to get someone in that they already know, even if they have to go through that HR process later. So they go to the the team. And in today's world, they can actually use technology to see who the team knows or to help the team remember who they know, i.e. social media. So this is a great way to use LinkedIn for these hiring managers if they're really desperate and they've got a really specific position to fill. They will go and, and might say, hey, team, you know, look through your LinkedIn contacts and see who you might know that would be a good fit for this position. Or they go to other people that they know, so their colleagues, perhaps even in other businesses, um, their colleagues in other part of the business, and say, hey, I'm looking to hire for this position. Who do you know? What do you think? Etc. This is where the whole idea of it's who you know matters comes into play. Because if you already have a network with those people who this hiring manager is reaching out to, you have a better chance of getting in at this point when it's not open, it's it's not posted, thus the hidden job market. So most hiring managers are going to go through that conversation. They're going to see who they can talk to, who they can get into the pipeline, and then Yes, in most businesses, they're going to have to go through the process of creating that job description, posting it with HR. Maybe they even have to post it live for a few days. But the best case scenario for that hiring manager is that they already have a few people identified in the pipeline before they do those things. So if you're out in the general public and you see something posted, of course, you still have an opportunity if you apply. However, There's people probably already in line in front of you who are known quantities to the organization. That's this hidden job market. That even though a job may be posted, they already have someone in mind. So, you know, you'll see data that says, well, only 20% of positions are posted. That may or may not be true, but the idea behind it is that 80% of positions are filled because someone knows somebody. So even if the more of those positions are actually quote-unquote posted, in reality, they're already filled or there's already people in the pipeline ahead of you because of that process. So there's a lot that happens before a position is ever posted. And I've heard 
you know, other hiring managers say to me that good hiring managers are always looking out for talent. So that opportunity to go to an organization and network and talk to people, even when they're not hiring, some companies, sure, they're going to shoot you down and close up their doors. But if they're a smart hiring manager, they're always going to be open to talking to someone about their team, to networking, to talking, because they know that eventually they're going to need that. They're going to need to fill a position. The other way that this happens, of course, and and what Deborah was talking a lot about, was just becoming a known quantity by networking in a more authentic way. So attending professional events, going to either online or in-person opportunities to connect with your industry and to become a known quantity in your industry so that when something happens to your job or when you're looking to make a move, you have those relationships to have those conversations before a job is posted. People always come to me and they say, oh, I want help in my job search. And I say, oh, okay, great. Here are some of the things we're going to do. And they say, well, but when I do that, I don't see any open positions. Exactly. Perfect. That's when we want to make these conversations happen. Because if we wait too long and the job is posted, the analogy that we'll use is that then you're standing at the front door in line waiting for, you know, the latest iPhone or whatever, versus what we want to do is have you be that known quantity that's getting let in the back door. And it sounds like, well, isn't that unfair? And I guess you could say that it is. But they're giving other people a chance. It's just the fact that because they already know you and they've talked to you or someone on the team has talked to you, you have something that the other candidates don't have. You have that known quantity, less risk appeal to that hiring manager. So we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk some numbers and some quote-unquote research that's been done on this process and how this process happens so that we can dive a little deeper into where this where this might go so we'll be right back in just a few minutes voice america business network the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Alcohol contributes to America socially, economically, and culturally. But alcohol also impacts our health, safety, and quality of life. On Alcohol Across America, each week we present recurring issues related to community, liability litigation, social and college drinking, and the alcohol industry. 
Join host Dr. Brad Grever and his co-hosts every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Each week, Larry Sternberg joins Dr. Kim Turnage to explore management issues from culture to discipline in Managing to Make a Difference. Join Talent Plus for 60 minutes of dynamic conversation, including real-life management examples helping you manage teams across the globe. This series airs on Voice America, the business channel, Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. Managing to Make a Difference every Thursday afternoon with Larry Sternberg and Dr. Kim Turnage. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. Today we're talking about the hidden job market. What does that mean? How do you access it? You know, why are people hiding it? And again, the bottom line here is hiring managers are trying to reduce their risk. They're trying to get someone in that will have the best chance of being a good fit in the team, having the skills that they want, and, you know, real in real, reality, lighten their workload, make it easier for them. It's hard to hire someone 50% of the time. It doesn't work out in the first six months. That's huge. Think about that. And so they are trying to make it easier on themselves. One of the ways that they think that they can do that is by finding a known quantity, finding someone who the team already knows and recommends because that person will most likely be a better fit in the team in in their eyes. Sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. So ExecuNet did some research on this a couple of years ago. And of course, this is a hard thing to pin down, right? Because people aren't going to admit that they don't necessarily follow the rules. And job seekers have a hard time pinning down how they actually got a job. Um, I saw a poll on LinkedIn that was saying, you know, there's so many so much advice out there and we want to pick the best way to find a job. And I thought, well, it doesn't really work that way, right? Job search is kind of a sum of all these actions. You can't say that if you only do this one magic thing, you'll get a job. It's a sum of all of these different things that you're doing. So because of, of those criteria and, and ways that people find jobs, it's really hard to pin down like how did someone actually find this job or how did that person who hired actually find the person that they hired? But what they did find is that about 10% of the time a position is hired from within. So an internal move is about 10% of how someone fills a position. 45% is through networking. So that's what we were talking about in terms of someone on the team or the hiring manager or someone else in the company referring you into the position and and therefore you're that known quantity because you have that referral through networking. 
And lots of companies pay for that, right? They pay their employees if they refer someone who gets hired and stays at the company for more than six months because they know the value of encouraging their employees to make good, strong, appropriate referrals, which is why they don't pay until the person's been there for six months. So 10% internal move, 45% networking, 15% through a resume search in their own existing database. And my guess is that now LinkedIn would fit in here where it's not necessarily that they've posted a job, but they're going out and doing that proactive sourcing of a candidate. And that falls into that arena that we were talking about the last few weeks in terms of what your online presence looks like and how you're interacting with people there. That 45 and 15% can both kind of fit together in terms of networking. And then a 30% of jobs are filled once someone's actually gotten to the phase of posting that job. So 70% in their data, 70% of jobs were filled before there was actually a job posting created and sent out. Now, remember here that 75% of companies are small companies. So you might say, well, don't companies have to post a position and they have to do this or they have to do that. Well, those are all internal rules. There's no federal law that says X, Y, or Z, at least in the U.S. There is in other countries sometimes. So there's not, it's all internal to a company if they have those rules. So if a company is small, has 50 people, they probably don't have a rule that says they have to post every position, either with an internal move, which sounds crazy, but it Internally, people can be more flexible with you to move into a new position in the same company and that you're a known quantity so they can give you a little bit more freedom to make that move even though you might not have the exact experience. And it's going to come in the networking phase when you can become that known quantity, get someone to know you, and be more than your resume to them. Once that a hiring manager or HR gets involved and it starts they start searching resumes or LinkedIn profiles. If your experience and skills isn't a match, you're not going to rise to the top. And that's even more true once they've posted a position and they either by a person or by technology are doing a keyword match. So if you're looking to change jobs, the hidden job market is even more important to you if you're looking to change what you do in a, in a slightly or significant way when you are going from the same job to the same job you're going to have more success in the public job market because your skills and experience are a match so where do recruiters fit in in the U.S., only about 4% of jobs are filled by a recruiter, 4% of jobs filled by an external recruiter in the U.S. So if you think you're going to go find that headhunter or someone that's just going to be magic for you, in the U.S., probably not. In the U.K., and 
probably many other countries, that might be different. In the UK, 60% or so of jobs historically have been filled by recruiters, although that's starting to shift. So you have to know what your market does and how your market hires that might be higher in some industries and some types of positions. But overall, on average, 4% of positions are filled through an external recruiter or headhunter, someone who's not within the company. If you're talking to the company recruiter, then, of course, you're falling into the public job, job market because that recruiter is actively searching for someone, whether they're proactively sourcing off of LinkedIn or, or resumes in their database or they've actually posted that position. So some numbers around the importance of referrals, and this comes from research by Jerry Crispin at Career Crossroads. We had him speak at one of our career thought leaders conferences a little while ago. Only 4% of applicants take the time to be a referred candidate. So what does that look like? Out of 100 applicants, 50% are usually unqualified for the job. So if I get 100 applications for this job, I'm going to have my lowest level HR person or a technology go through and eliminate about 50% of them because they don't even have the basic qualifications. So the 50% that are left, about four or five of them will be interviewed Typically, if you're referred into the position, you get an interview. It's about 100% of the time. So if they're going to interview four or five people and you're referred in, you get an interview. So that means you have a 20 to 25% chance of getting offered the job. Whereas someone who doesn't have that referral, who hasn't networked in, has less than a 2% chance of landing the job. So if you don't get referrals and you're just online, it may seem like it's not as hard because you don't have to talk to people, which most of us are uncomfortable with. But you're working 14 times harder because you're not reaching out to your network, because you're not becoming known in your network, because you're not becoming known in your industry. Now, the great part for those of you who are already employed, of course, is that you can network more genuinely, doesn't have to be tomorrow that you need a job. So you can take your time and build relationships that then could lead to a good opportunity. And this was the crux of what Deborah Feldman was talking about when she came on and talked about networking purposefully and when she talked a few weeks ago about building your online presence before you need it and starting your job search there. So before we go to our next break here, just to acknowledge that Career Thought Leaders is providing some great expertise to my show. If you are looking for help with your job search, go out and check Career Thought Leaders out, careerthoughtleaders.com. You can find a directory of folks there that can help you with your job search, can help you with your resume, can help you with your personal brand, and 
can help you with that whole process. So check them out if you haven't yet. And we are going to take another short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of the top actions that you need to take to be able to access this hidden job market. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. If you're looking for an in-depth, thought-provoking discussion about leadership, tune in to Bernard E. Robinson's The Leadership Forum, Making an Impact Through Effective Leadership. Each program provides an intelligent, conversational experience about leadership from Bernard, his guests, and you. If you're interested in improving the quality of leadership in your organization, listen live every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time for the Leadership Forum on the Voice America Business Channel. Starting and running a business can be hard. Moving forward and keeping the excitement alive can be difficult to do. I'm Joe Hosman. If you are experiencing the struggles of opening or sustaining a business or even knowing you need a change in your life, you want to tune in to my show, Go For It. My guests and I will show you the steps needed to build something positive in your week. Listen every Thursday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. Today we're talking about the hidden job market and what it is, what does that mean, and how do you access it. And it's raining cats and dogs here and thundering and lightning. So hopefully we don't have any background noise. It's just uh, just uh, loud on my roof and um, lightning and thundering. So what do you do to access these positions, to network into a position? Because people say that all the time, right? Well, become the known quantity or network in, get your foot in the door. But what does that actually mean and how do you achieve it? Let's look at a few of the building blocks for that. And not going to be surprising to those of you who've listened to the show before, the number one thing that we want to start with is focus. Is it clear to you what you want to do, who you want to work for, and what you're going to do for them? 
those roles, position titles, target companies. Starting with the roles and position titles, what do you want to do? If you can't answer that clearly, succinctly, in just a few words, you're going to have a hard time being memorable to people that you meet, and you're going to have a hard time doing the proactive job search strategies that we're going to talk about here in just a few minutes. So get really clear on that. There may be other roles or titles that you apply to online, but when you are talking to someone, I want you to be crystal clear, again, in just a few words, a few titles, what is it that you do? And, you know, how you add value in those roles is important. That's part of your brand. But when it comes right down to it, what is it that you do? I go through with my clients and look at different jobs and figure out what titles people are using. Titles are good. Of course, if we can explain it in plain English, that's good too, so that you have both and you can use the language that is appropriate for the person that you're talking to. Someone in the industry might be able to use kind of that lingo and job titles more. Someone who's not in the industry but might know someone who's in the industry, you might use more of the everyday language. And that's important to think about because a lot of times when I talk to people who are networking, they're only talking to people who are directly in the industry. There are other ways and other people that you might want to talk to who aren't maybe directly in the industry. So you want to be to them as well when it's appropriate. We'll talk about it in a few minutes. So then who do you want to work for? What are those companies that would be the best fit for you? Again, of course, you might apply to others online. You might weave more into your search as you go. But let's start with those ones that are a really good fit, that their challenges and problems are the solutions you love to provide, that their culture, based on what research you've done, would be a good fit for you. So you're armed with the very base foundation of your marketing plan, if you will. What do you do and who do you want to do it for? What are your skills, your experience that that you want to share and who's your audience? Because when you know those two things, you can put them together and, and start looking at how are you going to communicate those experiences and skills. What will be important to the companies hiring someone to do your role? What's their pain, if you will? What do they need from someone who does what you do? When you can answer those questions, it's a lot easier to have a conversation, to look at the positions that would be a good fit, and to target your job search so that you can network in to the companies that you want to work for. What makes a job seeker successful? You know, some people say it's the numbers game. You just got to apply to a ton of positions. The DeVry Institute did, well, DeVry Career Advisory Board, so the Career Advisory Board for the DeVry Institute does research every year. And one of the things that they found that might surprise you is that 66% 
of people who landed a position quickly in their research applied to 10 or fewer positions. So this really isn't a numbers game. It's about being crystal clear about what you do, what you want to do, and who you're applying to so that you can be very targeted and 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 really choose those actions that make the most sense, not necessarily throw out a hundred of hundreds of applications online. You're very intentional to be successful. Ninety percent of those people who landed quickly had seventy five percent of the qualifications for the job they were applying for. So when you get into that advertised market, as I said before, you have to have the skills and experience that they're looking for. Now, what this doesn't say is that the people who took longer and who weren't quote-unquote successful job seekers in DeVry's study might have been making a change, trying to do something different, and so they're not going to look great on paper. They're not going to have a fast search, and that's one of the things to know if you are trying to make a change. It's not going to be fast. You're not going to fit into this category of most successful job seeker, meaning that you landed, I think their data was within three months of starting their search. So what position titles are most appealing to you? What companies are you looking at? Then you can start writing those down, making, I've got a little grid that my clients use where they're talking about the employer's needs and then your top selling points. So look at those job descriptions, collect job descriptions that are of interest and start looking at what are the needs, read between the lines, not just with what is on the paper, but with also what the you know about employers needing someone like you. And then start writing down how you can demonstrate that you bring what they're looking for, that you can solve the problems that they have. How can you demonstrate that? Then have a little bit of a reality check for yourself. The DeVry Career Advisory Board research also showed that 63% of people accepted desirable roles, 55 at desirable companies. So people are making some concessions, and that's okay. And you might say, well, then why am I creating a company list if uh, only 55% of people got a job at a great company? Because your company list isn't exclusive. It's a networking tool. And we'll talk about how you want to use that. It doesn't mean you're going to wind up at those companies. It just means that that's your starting place. That's your talking point. That's what you're using to set the foundation for your search. But then successful job seekers got referred into other companies through their networking efforts and were smart enough to say, oh yeah, this isn't, you know, ideal. It wasn't my number one, had to work there and it's a great job. It's a, it's a good company. Only 21% of people who landed quickly felt they received an excellent offer. You know, our expectations get a little out of whack when we're looking at jobs. Always think about you know, a builder, a house builder, and they build this home and they love it. And their 
value of the home isn't market value, right? It's sweat value, it's tears, it's blood oftentimes. And they have to have a little bit of reality check with what the market is actually going to pay for that house. The same is true when you're job seeking. You know how much you've put into your career. You know how great you can be for that company. But that doesn't mean that that's what the market is willing to pay for someone who does what you do with the years of experience that you have or whatever it may be. And this is especially true for making some kind of transition. So we have to be realistic about what that offer might look like. And when we get an offer, we have to allow ourselves to take a little bit of time and really explore, is that going to be a good fit for us, even if it isn't the shining million dollars that we were hoping for in that, in that offer? What's most important to you in finding a new position? What might the trade-offs be to achieve that goal? So if you know you want to do a certain type of work, you might have to take a little bit less salary or be willing to travel or move. If you want to live in a certain community, you might have to accept less salary or be willing to do a little bit different position than you had in mind. Somewhere along the way, there's going to be a trade-off. And what will that look like for you? What are your non-negotiables? And what are you willing to give a little on so that you can get something that helps you make the move you want to make? And sometimes when you're doing this search and you're talking to people, you find out that maybe what you have isn't as bad as you thought it was. And that's okay, too. As long as we know what we're looking for, we know what those criteria are, and we continually check in with ourselves in terms of of doing that reality check, making sure we're not waiting for Prince Charming, but that we're not also settling for the toad, right? Somewhere in the middle, that realistic opportunity to do something that we want to do to achieve our career goals without waiting for the white knight. So when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about networking and how to reframe your networking a little bit so that you can be the first to know about that open position. We'll be right back in a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. 
We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. Today we're talking about what is that hidden job market and how do you access it? So we've talked a little bit about kind of creating your plan and setting the foundation for your marketing plan in terms of what are you going to do for a job, what are, what are the roles and titles that you're looking at, and then who do you want to work for, what is that target list look like. And if you want some information on developing a target list, Back in the early days of our show, at the very the very beginning days of the show, we did an in-depth session on target lists and developing your target list. So go back to in the way back to 2014. In the very beginning, you'll find a show on developing your target list. So once you have those items... What are you going to do? What are those roles and positions you're targeting? And then what companies do you really want to work for? Then I want you to network from the inside out. So although going to new professional events and meeting new people is important, you're going to have the best opportunity to connect with people if you're connecting through people who already know, like, and trust you. So these people I call your champions. Champions are your inner circle. They're the people who already know, like, and trust you. They're the people that you already have in your circle. And there's a lot of them. You may not think about it that way, but on average they say that we all know 200 people. And so even if that was double you if you're way below average and you only know a hundred people there's a hundred people that are in your champion list so your approach with champions 
is to connect with them and make sure that they're aware of what you're doing. This is hard for a lot of people because they don't want to ask for help. But these are the people who already know, like, and trust you. We're not talking about go out and meet someone new and ask them for help right away. In fact, that's why I encourage you to network this way instead of feeling like you have to go meet someone new. Because I want you to understand that it doesn't have to be a difficult conversation. It doesn't have to be you, you know, begging for help. So you get together your champions list. You go through your address book. You go through your Facebook friends list. You go through your LinkedIn profile. And you start getting a group of people down who are already comfortable for you to talk to, the easy people for you to talk to. Who's offered to be of assistance in your search? And maybe you said, oh, yeah, you could do this, or I'm looking for this type of position, but you didn't really have a conversation. You didn't share with them your target list. You didn't have anything to give to them. Maybe you didn't have take the opportunity to go and meet with them in person. That's what we want to do with our champions. We want to have a real conversation with them. Meet with them in person if possible. Send them a, a list of your target companies afterwards so that it's really clear that this is how they can help you. They can help you by suggesting companies for your company list. Even if it's someone you've already thought of, you're just going to say thank you. They can help you by connecting you to someone in your target company list. So if you send them uh, the list of the people that you, the companies that you want to work for, is there anyone there that they can introduce you to? They can provide you with insight into those companies that you have on your list. Maybe from their perspective, they know someone else who works there or used to work there. So you're having a nice big open conversation with this group of people who already knows you so that they can have a better understanding of what you want to do, the roles and, and positions that you're targeting, and the companies. If you want to get really purposeful with your networking, you can always go out and see who in XYZ company you want to talk to and then find someone that can make that introduction for you. This is another very powerful way that LinkedIn works. If you have a good number of connections, you can see someone who works at XYZ and wow, now I know this person who could make that introduction for me. Of course, your connections have to be real connections for you to be able to make that request. And that's the power of great networking and building those relationships. And if you don't need a job tomorrow, this is where you can start. Start building relationships within your industry, within your company, so that you can be better at your job right now 
help them be better at their job right now and have a bigger circle of champions for when something changes or when you want something to change. You already have that nice group of champions that you can go to, share what you're looking for, share what you're trying to do, and have those conversations that can make you a referral into that target company. So start with the people that already know, like, and trust you. Have deeper conversations with them, not just about you, of course, but also about them. Share a lot of different ways that they can help you. Let them understand what you're looking for, what types of companies you're interested in. They're not going to consider that to be an all-inclusive list. In fact, the most success stories happen because a candidate shared their target list and that contact said, oh, you know, I do know someone at this company. They're not on your list, but I think they might be a great fit. Years ago, I was working with someone who had just been let go And he did an awesome job of executing this process. He went through and created a target list of companies. It was quite extensive, shared that target list with his network. And someone came back and said, you know, I know of this organization that's similar to the ones you're looking at. That seems like it would be a great fit. And they're looking to fill this type of position. And that's how the hidden job market works. Feel free to head over to careerthoughtleaders.com. Again, they're they're providing us a lot of this information and resources through the expert speakers that I have the opportunity to connect with all the time. There's experts there that can help you with your search. And of course, always feel free to reach out to me at Marie, M-A-R-I-E, at astrategicadvantage.com. We look forward to seeing you right back here again next week on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then.